0: So when I was uh, I was about nineteen, I was probably nineteen twenty. I worked at a grocery store for about three years. Shaw's. Shaw's, yes, in Maine. Which I don't think does it exist outside of Maine. Uh, maybe
1: in Massachusetts. It's just like a new England New England
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. So I worked at Shaw's. I was a my official title was a grocery clerk. I just stock shelves. That's all that means. It's just a fancy way of saying you know you're a bitch boy who just puts up you know fucking boxes of crackers and shit. And, uh, I remember I was 19, I was living in my own place and I lived about a mile away from the Shaw's and I had this Ford Ranger truck. It was a total piece of shit. But it was, I remember that truck. It was my favorite vehicle I ever had. And it was a piece of it shit. It was silver, right? It was silver, white. White. Okay. White. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was so bad. Like when I would, I mean, I would go to the gas station and if I moved it a little bit, I would see pieces of the frame just rusted out on the ground. It was so bad. Anyway, it would, it would not start like half the time. So I would have to like book it to work, you know, in like 10 minutes, this mile that I had to do. And I'd be in my work uniform and everything. And one day I was super late for work. So I actually like jogged there. And I was sweating pretty hard. Cause I mean, you're running a, you're running a legit mile. And I showed up to work. And I was sweating so hard, <laughs> like it was just coming through my shirt. And mind you, this is a job I'm showing up for for minimum wage, which at the time I think was seven twenty-five, seven fifty. I mean, nothing. It was
1: a job you had since high school.
0: Yeah, I got it like my junior year of high school. So then, like my first year or two out of high school, I just kept it because so I was like, "That's what you do," you know. And, I mean, I'm booking it to this job that pays me, like, $7 an hour. I show up. I'm just sweating through my my clothes. And it was so bad that the manager of the entire store actually came up to me while I was working and was like, are you okay? Like, it was a problem.
1: Was it, it like, stomach sweat?
0: It was, like, uh, like chest and arms. Oh, damn. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Signifying
1: that there was a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, he came up, which implies that someone said something because it's not like it's not like he's walking around it's like a customer probably said like what's "What's going on with this guy guy. (laughs) so that was a great job that was the job too i uh i remember i got paid minimum wage because i got hired in high school And when I got out of high school, I found out that, you know, the starting pay for the job that I had was something like, I don't know, 12 bucks an hour, which is still not a lot. But at the time, I was like, that's a lot of money. And I was going to go ask for a raise. And I didn't want to ask for something I would be denied for. So I chose a really, really low number. It was like a dime, I think it was. Because I was like, there's no way they can't give me a dime. And I'll feel like a winner because I got a raise. And I remember I I walked up to my boss and I was walking real slow, you know, like the aisle was just, it got like 10 times longer, (laughs) you know, I'm just walking there. I'm sweating, of course. Like, (laughs) And I'm just thinking what I'm going to say. And I mean, when I went in front of this guy, I was just humbled. I was like Harvey Keitel and fucking bad lieutenant, just naked, you know, and I, I was just stumbling over my words. Like I was just humbled in front of this man. And I asked him if he could give me a dime raise, and his only response was, "Can't swing it, bud. Sorry." Way she goes, bud. Way she goes. <laughs> yep, that was quite a job. I got yelled at for being too sweaty, and I couldn't even get a dime raise. It was something.
1: That reminds me of when uh, when I was nineteen. I had just moved back from Florida.
0: Oh, you moved back from Florida because I was in Florida for when you had the target, John. When I worked Spoilers. at Target. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I was in Florida for like six months. Yeah. And then I had moved back to Maine and I needed a job and I got a job working at Target and Topsom.
0: What were you doing there?
1: I was on the flow team, so I had to be to work at four AM.
0: What does the flow team do? The
1: flow team is basically you unload the trucks and stock the shelves.
0: Okay. So it's like what I did. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And there was people there Were you who,
0: making seven twenty five an hour?
1: I was probably making like maybe nine and 12 an hour i can't remember what i was
0: making motherfucker all right
1: but um it was july 4th and my parents had gone out of of town and i didn't have a a car yet i didn't have a license well i just got my license i didn't have a car yeah and um my parents i said well what do you you guys are going out of town what am i supposed to do to get to work Mm -hmm. because they were my dad drove me every single morning to work at like 4 a.m Damn. Which sucks in hindsight. Damn, That's yeah. what dads
0: do. I guess so.
1: And um, they were like, you're going to have to figure it out. And my mom was like, you're going to have to bike to work. So I biked from my house at Cook's Corner in Brunswick, which is further out than Cook's Corner. You remember yeah. where I lived, on yeah. James Road, that spooky house. Yeah. All the way to fucking Target in Topsham. And that's quite a at distance. three in the morning, dude. Did you
0: have to take the highway? No, I didn't take the highway. Okay, I was going to say. I went uh, Old Bath Road. Okay, that's still a... That's a trek, dude. Yeah,
1: so I had to go through downtown. I had to go over the fucking bridge. How many miles
0: do you think that is? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get the route you're taking now. That's a trek, dude. Yeah.
1: At three in the fucking morning on July 4th. I remember I showed up to work, and one of the guys that I work with, he was like 40. He was... Dude, that might be a good ten miles. He was he was kind of mad that I did it. He's like, that's that's
0: really unsafe. That's so dangerous because yeah. that's
1: pre Uber and Lyft, obviously. Because I was yeah. I was biking that early. But he's like, uh, you're lucky you didn't get hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, no shit. July fourth. July yeah. Because people get fucked up in Maine.
0: Yeah. Could have ended your life. Dude. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it, it ended you up. you made it fucked. to work. Yeah, I, I made it to work.
0: You made your 12 bucks My back.
1: boss was a major asshole, dude. I mm. hated this guy. His name was Chris. Mm. And he was just a uh
0: main redneck, you know, like they have the main accent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he nice. lived in Tabatis. Oh. And, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs>
1: <laughs> and um he was also the the drive thru manager at McDonald's at top, so.
0: Wow. He it, was a success. He was a manager at two places. He was a manager at two places. Holy shit.
1: And he, t- he, he kind of reminded me of, uh, of Biff from back to the future.
0: Just wow. the way
1: he acted. Yeah. And I remember he always used to get mad at me. And, um, this was towards my end of the time being at Target. Cause I'm 19. No 19 year old wants to get up at 3:30 to go to work.
0: That's crazy. You even did that. Yeah.
1: I don't know what possessed me to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I remember he pulled me back in his office one day because I had called out a bunch because I was like, I'm not going to work today. Yeah. I call that all the time. Oh, I know that. I didn't, that. G- I, I didn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. And um, he sat me down, pulled me into his office, and he's like, you got to prove to me you want to be here. And then I He just, said that? He said that. I Did he
0: pull out his dick next? No. Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like was going to happen.
1: And then I just didn't show <laughs> up ever again after that day. I was like, fuck yeah.
0: you. Sucking the dick was too traumatic. <laughs> It was horrible, dude. That sounds like a like a Me Too story. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty much. You need to prove. You I was want this spiritually job. raped by Target.
1: <laughs> Target is for people who think they're too good to shop at Walmart, but there's really no difference between the two.
0: Oh, I would disagree with that. I, I would wouldn't disagree with, with that. that. I've seen behind the. I mean, listen, room, dude. I go to Walmart, but I specifically go there because I know it's worse than Target. Like, I want the clientele at Walmart. <sighs>
1: There's a difference in the clientele.
0: There is definitely a difference in the clientele. What I
1: can't stand at those at those jobs that are like that, though, is how seriously those fucking people who work there take their jobs. Yeah. They act like it's the end-all, be-all.
0: Well, how old was this guy?
1: This guy was at least, like, I'm guessing 37.
0: Yeah. I mean, he may have had his own reasons for taking it that fucking He ended seriously. up getting fired from that job. Really? For yeah. what? Yeah. Uh, Sexual harassment. No, no, this was this was
1: after I went. I ran into this guy that I I worked with there. Yeah. uh When I was working at Staples, dude.
0: Jesus, you just jumped from fucking. I just jumped from one big job, box store to another job to
1: job. But um, he told me that he uh, he showed up late and he also like set off the alarms or something or something like that. And I guess that was the final straw. I got Target by. was like, this is not
0: Walmart. You can't be pulling that kind yeah, of shit exactly. Nice. Well, you made it to work, and I made it to work. Yeah, we did. Because we're working
1: men. Way she goes. Way she goes, bud.
0: man of faith podcast i'm zachary lehman my partner in crime is
1: taylor Berryman.
0: how can people find you taylor
1: they can find me on instagram as the underscore poptimist uh it's the name of my podcast the poptimist go check it out i interview musicians uh music producers and just weird people people in general you could also find a song i release called gina 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 which is also under the name the poptimist. Check it out. No one really listened to it. I worked, <laughs> I worked pretty fucking hard on it and worked with a, real, a lot of really talented people. Yeah. But no one cares. Um, and also on Facebook as Taylor Berryman.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Writing Lehman and just Zachary Lehman on Instagram and Twitter. And you'll probably see me giving hand jobs on Broadway pretty soon because nobody read my fucking book. Please go buy it. Stop being assholes. Anyway. What's the name of your book? Uh, it's called Nye by Zachary Lehman. Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. L-E-E-M-A-N. Anyway, so today we're talking about Teddy Perkins.
1: Teddy Perkins.
0: Episode 206 of a little show called Atlanta on FX, right? Not FXX. I, know I don't that, know. I know the, they split the
1: lines it up. the lines beginning to blur with whatever. You FXX.
0: can uh, it's an old episode. You can find it on Hulu now if you have a Hulu subscription cuz they have all the FX stuff. This is a uh, Donald Glover show which is kind of you don't really need to know what the show is about to watch the episode because it's kind of the definition of standalone, but the show is basically about a bunch of friends in Atlanta, Georgia. One of them is an aspiring rapper. Yeah. That's basically it. And it's mm-hmm. sort of a comedy slash drama, mm-hmm. you know, dramedy, I'd say if I was an asshole. But not this episode. Not this episode. So this is a very standalone episode and we want to do it first. You watched this before me. We're telling me what a mind fuck it was yeah and uh i was already a fan of the show but i hadn't watched the second season i said all right i I gotta watch this and this is like truly the definition of just art that's different art that inspires exactly what we want to talk about on here
1: so putting it in context with this show the tone of this episode is completely different from any other episode of atlanta it's straight horror it's straight up horror it's it's really surreal like there, there are yeah. there are moments of that in the show where there, there's yeah. really weird moments um like in the first season they also had that one episode where he was on like some public access like Paperboy yeah. was on a public but that was more of TV just show. straight
0: satire yeah
1: that was satire yeah but it was an experimental episode yep and it was the same thing with this one
0: yeah this one is uh again like you can watch this without watching any of the rest of the show if you know the characters, I think you'll enjoy it more. But if you haven't seen the rest of the show, it basically acts as a short film. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have extended it to a feature film. Yeah. The episode runs like 36 minutes, so it's a little bit longer than the rest of the episodes. And uh, it really just follows one character, which is Darius. Yeah. Who's kind of the... He's like the the zen one of the bunch, yeah. I would call him. Very like in the moment. He doesn't have the same worries the other characters have. He just no. kind of accepts whatever's right in he's front of him. He's not
1: concerned about money, he's not concerned about
0: fame, which is why he's the perfect character for this episode. Yeah. So, what are some of your thoughts on I want to actually, can I say something? I want to talk about the opening first. Do you have any thoughts on the opening?
1: So, this is interesting cuz I don't know cuz the the opening is of Darius going to a hardware store. Yes. Um, and we don't know what's going on yet when we first yeah. see Darius. He's just in the hardware store. He's, and
0: if you haven't seen this episode, watch it. It's, spoilers. We're just going to run through We're just going to run through it. Yeah, yeah. So thing. keep going.
1: But, um, he goes in there and he buys some, just like some items that look like, uh, for whatever he's about to do. And he also buys like beef jerky and some other stuff. But then when he gets to the, uh, the cashier, mm-hmm. he asked, he asked he asks the cashier if there's any like dried fruit or dried apricots oh, yeah. or anything like that <laughs> yeah. i can't remember what he exactly asked for but it's something like that
0: I remember he says no yeah he's like no dude's and, just like that sucks
1: <laughs> and he's like how much is this hat and we don't mm-hmm. see what the hat is like yeah. how much is this hat and the sharpie yeah. and we don't see what it is until you see him walk out of the store and it's a uh, a red hat that has a confederate flag on it and he scribbled out the rest of the letters that were in white Mm-hmm. work that it said um southern maid but he crossed everything out except uh it says you mad on it. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't really know. I was trying to really take away what does that mean in context of the episode or was is that just something unrelated?
0: Yeah, I was going to say cuz this was my second or third time watching it and the first time I watched it I was like, "Oh wow, the opening was weird. It kind of threw me off." I was trying to figure out why they opened with that because when you see that, you start to think it's going to be an episode completely about race. Yeah. You know.
1: Maybe it is.
0: You could argue that I once we get more into the episode, I would argue that if that was an opening that was trying to say something about race, I almost feel like it was purposely in there to throw us off. Because it gets much weirder.
1: It gets much weirder. Because that's like a normal thing that would happen in the show. That's totally the only thing that it has probably in common with the rest of the show.
0: Which is why I wonder if that truly is just kind of unrelated in a way. Maybe related in a small way, like you can theorize about it. But I don't know if it directly says anything about anything that happens in the rest of the show. He does get a weird look from a woman. He does, yes. Which I thought about, but... I it's kind of a stretch to say that says anything more than just this white woman in the south seeing, you know, a black guy with this hat on.
1: Yeah. But also the interesting thing now getting into that the episode and the character Teddy Perkins. Yeah. Teddy Perkins is based off of Michael Jackson. Um and Teddy Perkins has look what looks like he's had a lot of plastic surgery done.
0: He's nightmare fuel.
1: He's nightmare fuel. It looks like he um He's just like, uh, I don't know what, what exactly to even compare it to. It's just so fucking weird well, and they,
0: strange. I, I think the perfect comparison, they mentioned two people. Well, they don't mention two people. They mention one person in the show, and then there's the very obvious connection to Michael Jackson you mentioned. Yeah. You mentioned Michael Jackson. They mentioned Sammy Sosa in the show. And I kind of thought he really is like a perfect mix of Michael Jackson and Sammy Sosa. Um, so, yeah, so Darius goes. They're very like get out vibes where he's going into this, you know, kind of rich neighborhood and he's going there to get a piano from this guy. He has no idea who he is. And it's Teddy Perkins. And when he first walks in, when I first watched the episode, I was kind of playing on my... He takes
1: the hat off first before he walks in.
0: He does take the hat Maybe
1: there's some significance there between... Yeah. Like basically what Michael Jackson did with the skin bleaching and the same thing with Teddy Perkins.
0: Mm. And he might... I don't know if Darius knows that teddy perkins is black but he might i don't know yeah
1: because you don't really know anything throughout or this whole could ju- thing
0: it could just be i know i'm going to get a piano from this guy and this will might offend them i so think that's so what it was darius has that self-awareness but yeah so anyway he's going there to get a piano that this guy's giving away for free when he first walks in and you see teddy perkins in the shadows and he's revealed i mean it, again it's it's nightmare fuel
1: Well, Hiro Mirai talked about that in a a video that I watched. Um, He talked about the episode and one of the specific scenes in the episode. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they purposely wanted everything very dark and for Mm -hmm. Teddy to have all dark clothing. That way, his face would pop. It looked
0: even paler. Yeah. Yeah. It was freaky because it really was like... It was like looking at Michael Jackson, but they turned Michael Jackson up to like eleven. Yeah, you know, a
1: bad acid trip.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was frightening. So anyway, so he goes there. Oh, one thing I noticed, I this made me maybe me just like over analyzing the episode. Did you notice Darius is using a a map? He's not using his phone to get there. I
1: did notice that. Yeah,
0: I don't know if that's like just something Darius would do or. If it was something weird, the place is clearly not too secluded because at the end, which I won't say spoilers because we already kind of said that at the end, the gunshots make the police come or we don't know. Maybe w- Darius we don't know.
1: Him. That's the thing that's so, ambiguous about.
0: So I guess the map really could be, he's just somewhere so off the map or it could be, that's just Darius's style. You
1: I know? think that might be Darius's style.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't, he, he mentions like he's on this message board. That's how he found out about, cause he Hano. has a phone later
1: in the episode.
0: Oh yeah, isn't it? A, is it a flip phone? Uh, I didn't... Uh, No, it wasn't okay. a flip phone. I think. it I think it was. Okay, like so a, that is just phone. that probably is just Darius. Yeah. you know, he goes old school like that. Yeah, he's probably got his location turned off on his phone and stuff. Yeah, probably yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, he goes there for the piano. Oh, the ostrich egg.
1: Yes, interesting that you brought this up. So the ostrich egg—that's
0: like the first weird thing after you see. Getty yeah. That.
1: So they—he ends up coming in. He starts talking to Teddy. One weird thing is Teddy puts out both of his hands.
0: Oh, yeah. When he like, shakes. A, I wanted to say that. Yeah,
1: yeah. He puts out both of his hands. In a very Darius dainty
0: is, way. Like just kind of hanging.
1: Like man. a southern dandy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: um, and there's like definitely very southern gothic vibes to this whole episode.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, like But that. he holds out his hands. You can tell as soon as Darius sees him, he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, he doesn't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. But he shakes his hands. They end up going into like this little parlor room or whatever. And um, Teddy offers uh, offers him an ostrich egg because Darius is like, what which, is that?
0: And which if you've never seen ostrich egg, I don't know if the, how real this is, but it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's like sitting in its own like golden stand on the table. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, if someone offered you an ostrich egg, would you? No. So that scene was gross when he cracked it open. Not if it's Teddy Perkins. When you see like that membrane coming out and stuff, it's pretty gross. But I'm not going to lie. When he was dipping the bread in it, I was like, I would go for that. I'd have to. I'd have to try that. What
1: do you think the egg symbolizes?
0: I don't know. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I looked. My biggest thing was I was just going to ask you if you would eat an ostrich egg.
1: I I looked it up to see what it meant. I guess um, in ancient Egypt, it was a royal dish for the pharaohs. Uh Uh-huh. And it represents truth, life, and rebirth. That's what rebirth
0: the, is the obviously the one that really connects to the episode. Yeah, but that's a great scene too. Just in the way that um, it goes so slow, and you—that's
1: the thing with the pacing of this episode. Mm, is it? It is only like thirty-four minutes long or so. Yeah, but it there's like this sense of dread the whole time.
0: Yeah, like that ostrich egg scene. Because there's no talking, it's they're obviously like dialing up the sound. Like you hear the crack, and you just hear the the membranes just sort of spooling over, you like hear the squish. Yeah. Oh, it's it is nasty. And actually, that pacing was something I was going to mention too. Because uh, he he makes a note. He says, "Oh, do you want a drink of water?" And he, you think he's calling his butler to say, "Oh, Darius wants a a drink of water." And one thing that I appreciate about this episode is what is so terrifying about it is the way they reveal information.
1: Interesting, yeah. So
0: that happens, and you go, okay, he has a butler. Then about five minutes later, you find out he doesn't have a butler. He just makes notes for himself in this machine. And then just like uh, Benny, which we'll get into, the way that's revealed. And the whole time, they keep it a secret long enough that Darius is starting to theorize about it. You're starting to theorize about it. You're like, there is no Benny. Or maybe there is a Benny. Maybe he's dead, or you know what I mean. And they don't reveal it until you've already made these conclusions in your head.
1: Well, let's back up a sec. When they're yeah. when they're sitting there talking, the, um, he asked Darius. He said, "Did did Sam get yes. in touch with
0: you?" Yeah. And Darius says,
1: "No, it's it's like a a message, Anonymous board message board. where we can't see each other's names." And he's like, "Oh, Sam's my AV girl."
0: Yeah which there is no Sam. There is no Sam. Yeah, I'm yeah. 100% sure of
1: that. There's no Sam. Teddy Perkins is Sam. The other thing that happens in that scene is uh they start talking about music and you ask cuz Darius Darius is there. I don't think we said it yet for a multicolored key piano. Yeah. Um and it belongs to Benny who's supposed to be like this music legend on the show. Who's
0: Teddy Perkins' brother?
1: Allegedly Teddy Perkins' brother.
0: Allegedly, we
1: we, we yeah. never get like really any definitive answers on yeah. that other than that's what Teddy tells Darius. Right. Um, and there's pictures of him with like Keith Jarrett and Stevie wonder and all this, this, yeah. Nina Simone. And, uh, they start talking about music and they talk about
0: rap and Teddy does not like rap music. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. He, he says, okay. um, dude, I have this exact quote down. Go I for get, it.
1: I, I don't know if I thought I wrote it down.
0: He says, uh, Uh, He goes, oh, my friend is uh, in rap. Yeah. Because he's trying to say, like, he doesn't play piano, but he has a friend who's a musician. And Teddy says something uh, to the degree of, oh, rap, like, that's something. It never grew out of its adolescence. It's not an adequate That form. (laughs) That was was pretty good. And I actually, I was going to say, one of the funniest lines (laughs) was what Darius responds (laughs) when he says uh, rap never grew out of its adolescence. He goes, I don't know. Jay-Z's like 65. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, it, it shows what a, um, that Darius is a very, again, like an in-the-moment guy. Yeah. He's not about these, like, deeper conversations about art. Like, when he hears adolescence, he's like, wait, what do you mean? Jay-Z's old. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was one of the funniest fucking lines of the, of the show.
1: But that's when you start to really feel... It, some tension when they start talking about rap music. Because right. Cause it triggers
0: Teddy in a way. It tr-
1: definitely triggers Teddy. Yeah. Cause he does not like it.
0: Yeah. And he gets triggered a few more times. In yeah. This episode. <laughs> yeah. So they're sitting there, they're talking, uh, Teddy disappears. Oh, this was another thing. I was go ahead. Cause the water. Yes.
1: Cause Darius asked about the water and that's when he reveals, you find out he doesn't have a Butler. Yeah.
0: He's just... And
1: it's like a, a mansion.
0: Mm hmm. And uh, another question I was going to ask you because the next scene is well, we see Darius call his friends.
1: Yes, he calls uh, Paperboy, tells him where he is, what the situation is, and Paperboy is basically like, "You're about to get murdered," mm-hmm. um, and get and get out of there.
0: Oh, and this is actually yeah, good thing you said to kind of stay there because this is when. Darius says one of the most important, maybe the most important line of the episode. He says he has a, uh, what does he say? A two, a two regret life pact. Because he's like, paperboy's trying to figure out, like, why, why would you not just leave? Like, you're weirded out. You're in this mansion. You don't know where the fuck you are. Like, why would you not just leave? How bad do you want this piano? And he says he has a two regret life pact. And that means if he has more than two regrets in his life, someone else has to take him out. Yeah. He's got to die. Which suggests to me, actually, that he probably already has a regret, and this is his second regret.
1: Interesting.
0: And that's why he stays there.
1: Interesting. Because yeah. it's
0: it's extreme enough, and it. I'll, I'll mention this later because I have a note on a later scene, but it gets extreme enough where anyone would walk away, but he doesn't. So I'm thinking in his head... Because obviously he's a bit of a younger he guy. He would
1: regret not getting the piano.
0: Yeah. So I think in his head, he's very committed to this two regret life pact. And I think he's had his one regret. And I think he's sticking to it. Like if I leave here, <laughs> I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he says that. And then uh, he goes kind of exploring the, the mansion. Uh, hears someone playing piano. Yes. And finds Teddy. And this scene... This is where I had a question for you. He finds Teddy in the room. Teddy says Benny was playing piano. And he starts talking about how Benny...
1: The piano playing stops though when Teddy answers the door.
0: Yes. And the wheelchair in the room is empty. And then in a later scene, we're kind of going to see it probably wasn't Benny playing the piano. Which then brings up the mystery of like, at this point in the episode, who the fuck is Benny? Does Benny exist? And, and Darius says that. He says, "Like I think he is Benny. He's just his mind's like split. Well, he
1: he walks upstairs whenever the piano playing's happening, and, and again the pacing is very slow. He's walking mm-hmm. down the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, he stops at the door where the piano playing is, and that's when you get a jump scare of Teddy opening you the door.
0: Freaky ass face. And
1: then and he ju- and he doesn't open the door all the way. Mm-mm. He only opens it enough to see his face. Yeah." That freaky ass face. And he asks, what are you doing up here?
0: Oh, and I, I love to, uh, when he goes, do you still want the water? <laughs> and he starts talking about this just mixing we, the waters, Yeah. He's the like, bottled waters. "Do You want tap or bottled? And he's like, I guess bottled. And he's like, Oh, I'll mix some Avion with some other polen shit. Spring. And I'll throw them Poland Springs in there. And it's like such a weird guy. Like he's going to mix three bottled waters. <laughs> like what? Into one glass. Into one glass. Which then I'm gonna is also weird. I'm then I'm gonna ask you because he does bring Darius this glass of water. Would you ever drink from that fucking glass?
1: No, I personally wouldn't. I would already be out of there. And I was
0: wondering, he drank from the glass, and again, this has got to be something about Darius's character because that is an amount of trust that is insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could be meeting someone for the first time who's not weird and I'm not going to drink a glass of water. No, I feel like that's pretty normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially after they've been talking about, they're going to like mix my glass of water. I'd be like, I ain't drinking from that. And he just right away. No starts, hesitation. Starts drinking. It. He just drinks while Teddy's talking about this crazy shit, turning his house into a fucking museum.
1: Well, the, the scene after that, is that when they go into the, the gift shop?
0: Yes. And he's like, take whatever you want. Oh, he takes his picture.
1: He, well, he walks in and you, it's another jump scare. Cause he walks in, in
0: the flash, the right?
1: Flash away. right yeah. away.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and he, he takes a picture. It's a, a, a Polaroid camera.
0: Of course. Teddy's not going to have a yeah, digital fucking no. camera. <laughs> um,
1: which is, I feel like in today's world is serial killer shit.
0: Yeah. If someone pulls out a Polaroid camera, I don't care if you say you're a they're, photographer. They're the BTK killer. Yeah. Dude. You have dead bodies in your house yeah. somewhere. I'm running.
1: And then what he says right after that is weird. He says, I took it for you.
0: Oh my God. I kind of forgot that. So do you think he's taking like a last picture of him or?
1: I don't know, dude. I think cause I
0: forgot about that line that, kinda... and then
1: he tells him to take whatever he wants in the room. And it's basically like a bunch of memorabilia for, yeah. for Benny. Cause Benny was a uh, yeah. super successful piano player. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like glasses, shirts, uh videos to teach you how to play piano stuff like that in the room
0: Mm -hmm. so this is making me think of something i'm gonna bring it up later but you're making me think of something okay so yeah he he goes into the room takes the picture oh and then he goes and shows him this is another important scene he says it's gonna be a museum yeah he said i've already started the paperwork to make this a museum or whatever then he takes him into a room and starts talking about his dad. And this is where the Michael Jackson vibes. His favorite room, he says. His favorite his room. His favorite
1: room in the museum.
0: Which he says is going to be, oh, there's another great fucking line. He's talking about great fathers. But what he means by great fathers are basically fathers who torture their children into perfection. Which I think most people who know Michael Jackson know. Joe Jackson. He is had a piece a, of shit. He had a messed up background. He
1: brings up uh, Marvin Gaye Sr., and who shot Marvin Gaye?
0: Yes, and what was funny to me is not only does he bring up Marvin Gaye Senior, he also he also brings up. He says, "Oh, Marvin Gaye Senior, and uh, and the dad who brought Emilio Estevez to the Breakfast Club," because in the Breakfast Club, his dad's an asshole yeah, pushing him. Yeah, yeah. Emilio Estevez has that big scene, like "Fuck you, Dad." Yeah, <laughs> like, I just thought that was funny that that was in his repertoire of,
1: like, and that is what's very Atlanta about it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's in line with the rest of the this show because it, yeah. it has like those two words very obvious, and then the third one where it's like, it's interesting that some Teddy Perkins brings up the Breakfast Club,
0: right? And uh, another really great line from this scene, it was something like, uh, "Great things come from great pain." Yes, and to me, we can kind of run through the episode more before we talk about it. But to me, I was because the first time I watched, it, I was like this is fucked. This is just like David Lynchian fucking nightmare. I don't know what to make of it. And then watching it this time where I was trying to kind of figure out like, what do I love so much about this? Like what's so inspirational? And it was the, I think the concept central to it. And this is why they have a character. So based off Michael Jackson, because Michael Jackson is a perfect example of great pain, equaled great art, you know? And it created a very tortured individual who arguably did a lot of bad things yes um but that's central to art in general and to artists in general which is great pain does create great art there is no argument there because you can name a thousand examples of great pain and great suffering creating pieces of work that survive today you can say you know with writers you can say bukowski Mm -hmm. hemingway you can Say a million examples. But then it brings the question. I don't think anyone has the answer to this. No artist has the answer to this. But if great pain equals great art, do you have to be in pain to be a great artist? And I think that's kind of what's central to the show. At I least think for that's, me. That's th- my take on
1: it. I think that that's also, especially with this episode, is the, is the theme. Because the other thing that Teddy brings up is sacrifice. He talks a lot about sacrifice. Yes. And yeah. And how you have to sacrifice for greatness. Mm-hmm. Which... Benny is supposedly, uh, in the world of, uh, the universe of the TV show Atlanta, he's a very celebrated jazz pianist.
0: Mm -hmm. And, uh, so next, this was the scene I mentioned earlier where the two regret thing, because, uh, next we see Darius gets to actually, oh, and by the way, another thing, because once he starts moving the piano, I've moved a piano. I helped a friend move a piano. I still mention it to him this day. Because I'm like, you have no idea what the fuck you owe me for that. There are literally guys who write on their tax returns, piano mover. That's all they do. Yeah. Because pianos fucking suck to move. Definitely. What weirded me out, and I I don't even know if you can come up with a theory for this, but why the fuck did Darius show up alone to move this piano?
1: That's just, I feel like in his character, that's the way... He would he just rolls. think...
0: Yeah, because he does have, like, the little cart to put it on, which makes it easier. But moving a piano is still, even with that, a pain in the ass. Well, the other
1: thing I wanted to say about this piano is he really wants this piano, and the strange thing about it is... I, I got, like, a close-up. I really tried to pay attention to it. It looks like an upright, just a normal upright piano that someone took Sharpies and colored the keys. Yeah, the
0: coloring doesn't look great. No. It looks very faded and very... You're right, chalky. It looks very chalky.
1: And uh, to go back a little bit, um, he asked, whenever they talk about the rap music, uh, he asked Darius if he's a piano player. Mm-hmm. And Darius is like, no.
0: And that's when he brings up, no, my friend is in rap. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I thought that's interesting, too, that Darius wants this piano that bad, but he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is his motivation for getting
0: it? Is it just yeah. like a
1: cool art piece that, that he appreciates?
0: And I guess you could say it has to be something really, really personal if he showed up alone. I guess that's the takeaway from both of our thoughts there. Because that was like such a red flag for me. Even when I first watched the episode, I'm like, this motherfucker showed up by himself to move a fucking piano. Because moving a piano sucks dick. Yeah. You know? Um, So, yeah. So, he eventually gets to move this piano. Teddy has another freak out.
1: Teddy has a freak out. Go ahead. Um, cause, uh, they were, they were talking about Benny and how hard it is. Yes. And Darius said, I can only imagine. And then Benny is or, uh, Teddy is triggered yeah. He's like, and he's like, no,
0: he screams at And him. he gets that voice. He like, gets that his serial voice killer goes, voice. You got the <laughs> Like It's fucking weird. I can't. You have to... no idea. Yeah. That was better. <laughs>
1: um, so he, and then he bleeds.
0: Out, he bleeds on the piano, remember? Well,
1: who knows what where that blood is from? Because oh, okay. it's just one drop of blood.
0: Do so you think it was like older? I think it
1: belonged to Ben.
0: Because we okay. I I we'll, oh. we'll, we'll get to that part. But Okay.
1: Yeah, so he starts moving the piano.
0: Mm, like okay. they
1: they're doing cuz uh, when they're in that room that where they were talking about great pain and all of that. Yeah. Um he gets a text from paperboy and the text says you dead, you dead yet? yet
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um and that's when it's uh Darius like pushes it along a little bit more and is like um can i get this fucking piano yeah basically yeah. he's like pretty firm with him and is like i need to yeah to get this piano and get out of here i got shit to do yeah um but yeah to go to go back to that he he touches one of the keys and there's just one drop of blood on it yeah and he's so they fill out all the tax paperwork yeah. And he um he takes the piano, he moves it down the hall, you see him struggle with it.
0: Yeah, and he's in the, he's this He's moving it alone. He's in this elevator. The elevator is supposed to go to the first floor, it accidentally goes to the basement. Yes.
1: Is your life one great big ball of shit? Are you suffering in work, your personal life, looking for answers for the future? People everywhere, are discovering Nye. A book showing them the truth, the way to a better life, a better world. In these uncertain times, people are looking for answers, and Nye is the book offering them. For only a few dollars, you can find a way to the light. Visit Amazon.com today and search Nye by Zachary Lehman. Get ready to change your life. Warning, beating night may lead to mild or severe depression. Contact your doctor if you have feelings of hopelessness, loneliness,
0: or extreme rage. In the basement, this is where we meet Benny. Benny. Benny in a wheelchair.
1: After he walks down, it's like probably a good, feels. it feels like a minute, but it, yeah. he's just walking down through this very oh, yeah. so, dodgy again,
0: basement. Pacing is great yeah. because you hear the wheelchair before you see Benny. Yeah. And then Benny shows up, and I mean, he looks like he just has like a cast over his whole body. He's like writing on a, a chalkboard. Because he has skin condition. And he's not even writing in full sentences on the chalkboard. I think what he writes is something like, Teddy, kill us both, or yeah. something. Which is even creepier because it sounds like a child saying it. Yeah. And this was weird for me with Darius because Darius's reaction is basically like, oh, like you got to be kidding yeah, me. Yeah, it yeah. It wasn't yeah. like. <laughs> panic like someone's gonna kill me it was just like another thing yeah and uh and then benny tells him about there's a gun in the attic
1: he writes on that chalkboard again the like, gun in yeah. attic
0: and darius his reaction is not like i'm gonna go get the gun he's like i'm gonna load the piano then i'll get your fucking gun yeah which again this is the two regret thing to me because who the fuck would not leave a fucking house every creepy thing you've been through and then a dude in a wheelchair you're in a basement a dude in a fucking wheelchair rolls up to you his only way of communicating with you is through a chalkboard he says guess what the guy you've been talking to he's gonna kill us both there's a gun in the attic yeah i would be running so fucking fast out of that house i would be like kill each other i'm fucking Punch out the guy of here in a
1: wheelchair real quick he yeah i would probably there. kill him just to be <laughs> but, safe uh it looked like he had blood on him
0: I was going to ask you this because I missed it. Did he have blood in the basement on him? I
1: think he, he I think he might have.
0: Because I don't think he did. I don't think he had it till later. But I could be wrong. You know what? I could be wrong. Yeah, but... Um, I can't believe we both missed that. That's amazing.
1: But, uh, yeah, so they're, they're down there in the basement. Yeah. Darius goes up. He goes to load out the piano.
0: Car's in the way. Teddy's car's in the way. Teddy's car. Blocking the back of the unit. Blocking U-bar. it. So he's got to go find Teddy. Teddy's sitting there crying with his fucking freaky ass face. Well, you
1: don't you don't see that at
0: first. So all you see is The video. Yeah.
1: Darius walks into the room mm. and there's a projector playing video. And,
0: and Darius is at least scared enough that he grabs a uh, a, a fire, fire poker. poker. Yeah.
1: Um so he grabs a fire poker before he walks upstairs.
0: Yeah.
1: He walks into the um
0: it's like projection room.
1: Yeah, but uh, in in that video that I watched of Hero uh, talking about it, the director for the episode, mm-hmm. what's his name again?
0: Hero Murai. which he directs like every episode. Doesn't he, he
1: directs a lot of them?
0: And then he also does a lot of uh, Donald Glover's music videos. Music videos, which we should say, Donald Glover plays Teddy Perkins in
1: this. Yes, episode. he does. Which I didn't know uh... until. After I watched the episode.
0: I didn't know until a few minutes in. Yeah. I said, this is, I was like, this is weird. Who plays Teddy Perkins? And I looked it up and I was like, motherfucker. Because it's,
1: it's white face. It's like unrecognizable.
0: Yeah. It's beyond white face. It's like monster makeup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. But what ends up, uh, where was I going with that? We were talking about.
0: Fire poker. He's walking into the room. He's walking
1: into the room. He walks into the room. Um. So he has to walk through that gift shop room. So this is a new part of the room. And Hero talked about that in the video where he's like, you're going into a room that, uh, that you haven't been introduced to yet.
0: And you're going in while it's dark.
1: You're going in while it's dark. Mm. He goes in, he just sees the projection on the wall from Mm. the projector. Old home movies. Old home movie of someone playing the piano. I don't know if it was supposed to be Benny or Teddy. It was one of them when they were younger. Yeah, And it was their dad screaming at them and like hitting the piano, yelling at him, saying not good enough, stuff like that. Yeah, And then Teddy says, says something and it's another jump scare because Darius didn't know he was there until that right. moment, until he said something. Because he was just so probably on edge, whatever, from yeah. the situation.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, so he says, and you can see Teddy is uh, crying.
1: Yeah. Just like a a tear down the side of his face.
0: And this is maybe the last... Because I checked the timestamp. This is maybe like the last like eight minutes of the show. Yeah. So this is basically like if this was a um, feature film, this would be like the third act. And this is when shit just goes wild. He
1: goes wild. Because
0: Teddy starts talking about Darius. He's chosen him. He's going to be his sacrifice. We don't know why he needs a sacrifice, but he pulls out a double barrel shotgun. And he's like...
1: He points it at him.
0: Yeah. And he's, put
1: your phone on the floor.
0: Yeah, put your phone on the floor. Keep the fire poker because he starts talking about I want to look like a home invasion.
1: First, well, Darius goes in there to ask him to move the car.
0: Yeah, and he says, oh, I guess I'll have to move it. I guess <laughs> I'll have to move it then. <laughs> So he says, yeah, and pulls out the gun. Next thing you know, he, he takes uh, Darius into another room, makes him handcuff himself to this chair. This was another really great part of this fucking episode. Again, like, We'll talk more about the episode kind of generally, but there's so much ambiguous about this episode. And yet it's an episode, it's a piece of writing that is still so sure of itself. And this is a scene where Darius says to him, I'm sorry. He says, your dad, because they start talking about his dad and how fucked up his dad was. And Darius is like, I had dad issues. And he's like, well, you know what? Your dad still should have said, sorry, I'm sorry. And you can tell the way Teddy reacts, he's never, ever heard that in his entire no. life. Ever. Because he starts listening to Darius. Not, I don't think he is going to change his plans. He's just curious what he has to say. Yeah. And he brings up, this goes back to the great pain equals great art argument.
1: They get into like a philosophical discussion about
0: it. And he brings up, is it Stevie Wonder? Stevie he brings Wonder. Up? He says, because he says, not all great things come from pain. Some of it comes from love. And he brings up Stevie Wonder. And he says, oh, you know, Stevie had his issues. He was blind. And he was like, yeah, but he spoke through his music. And he says, wow, that's beautiful. And then he's about to kill him. Then we hear the wheelchair again. We hear the elevator. <laughs> yeah, we hear the elevator, then the wheelchair.
1: And he says, Benny! Yeah. You're alive!
0: And he gives that stupid
1: face. <laughs> yeah. That's so And great. you see, just see Benny's shirt has blood on That's when on
0: he's it. definitely... Yeah, he's bloody. Like, clearly, Teddy thought he killed Benny. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Benny grabs the gun.
1: Because it's just sitting on one of the other chairs in the just room. Just sitting
0: there. He kills Teddy. Teddy's dead. Next thing you know... He starts rolling over to Darius. Yeah, and he's like... Darius keeps, he just goes into his father's speech again. Yeah. He's like, It was so fucked up what your father did. I'm sorry. Like, he's just going through it real quick. Like, Fuck. I got another one. And all, uh, all, uh, Teddy or, uh, Benny keeps pointing to is the fire poker. He's like, give me the fire poker. You know, it doesn't say anything
1: before you say anything though. Yeah. Let's go a step back. Okay. Cause basically when they're upstairs, uh, in that the piano scene, room, where, where, where no, where, where he pulls the, the gun on him. Yeah. Where Teddy pulls the gun. Um, Fuck, I lost my train of thought. Okay. But uh in the in that scene is when um I don't know. I don't know where I
0: was going with that. Okay. <laughs> I was trying right. to go somewhere with that Anyway, back one. to the fire poker. So Benny he keeps pointing at this fire poker. There's like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> like gives it to him. He thinks he's
1: gonna break him free yeah, or something. He
0: keeps going with his like dad speech. You know, he's trying to be inspirational. And then uh Teddy, I mean Benny, fuck, I keep getting messed up. Uh he just lays the gun on the ground, points it at himself, uses the fire poker to pull the trigger. Boom.
1: Blows his head
0: off. And this all happens in like 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. And he f- flies back out of his wheelchair. The, that and is a great
0: him. shot. It's again nightmare fuel. Yeah. Like him in a wheelchair shooting himself and then just flying off his wheelchair and then just landing. And then
1: Darius is just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he starts is... he's like tearing up.
0: Why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you can you imagine like, I have memories that I look back on, and I'm like, fuck, that's fucked up. I don't want to think about that. Having that in my memory bank. You can't erase that. Just sort of, like, popping up whenever it wants. And not
1: only that, Benny is completely covered in bandages.
0: Yeah, so there's so no So He's like the invisible man, yeah. and he
1: has, like, uh, you can't you, see his eyes. He is like the
0: invisible man. That's probably, like, a kind of an homage. Yeah. This does feel very, like, classical horror, Yeah. you know? Um, So yeah, so that's basically how it ends. Well, then we see Darius Lee. He doesn't get the piano, which my biggest question after this episode now is because when it ends, when I first watched it, I expected a really big moment with Darius. I expected Darius like just a breakdown moment. One of those actor moments where it's like, give me my fucking Emmy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We just give him a chance. There's really not much of a reaction, which I get. Like, obviously, he would be, like, shell-shocked from this, you know? Yeah. And all we see is him from the rearview mirror of the U-Haul he brought. A
1: Stevie Wonder song starts playing.
0: Stevie Wonder song starts playing. Evil by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, great song to end it
1: with, too. Like, wow.
0: And all he does is drive off. It's a very quiet moment, but he plays it so fucking
1: well he's looking in the rear view mirror he turns around and looks back Mm -hmm. and you just see cops everywhere yeah cops are rolling the piano out because it's evidence in this crime he
0: ain't getting the piano
1: but you it just makes me wonder even that is so ambiguous because like what did the cops say to darius how did he get in touch with the cops
0: that's what i was wondering because Someone could have called nine one one if they heard the shots, two gunshots. Or yeah. Darius could have fucking crawled his way to upstairs. Yeah, and obviously, fucking two people dead in a mansion. Cop, bunch of white cops show up, and it's a black, a black guy. guy. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be a conversation. Like they're not gonna be the nicest to him. So I'm sure he went through some other horrors before he was even released. Or I don't know. Maybe they were trying to say none of that happened. I, I yeah. don't know. I, um, but uh, one of the interesting things about the end is, again, it goes back to that to regret life pact. And this may be me just kind of digging into the episode too much. But I think back throughout life, like I think especially when you're young, you come up with these life, these grand philosophies, you know, you kind of come up with a thing that's like, this is how I'm going to live. You know, these are the rules I'm going to stick by forever. And it's very much like what a young person does. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. your whole life's ahead of you. That's how you're thinking. And that's how Darius is thinking with the, the two, life, uh, two regret life pact. And this is a very extreme situation, but I feel like this is kind of how life goes for most people. They go like, well, this is how I'm going to do things. Then something happens out of your control. And when I was rewatching the show, the way I saw his face at the end of the episode... I think it's the face of a lot of people after they just go through something that is, A, completely out of their control, and, B, just flipped their entire life philosophy. And now they're just trying to
1: understand.
0: Yeah, because it's not that—it's not as simple as, like, life goes, you're wrong. Just think the opposite. You're still you. It just throws something at you that you can't even explain. Yeah, And that's his face when he— Drives off to me. Interesting. Because that happens. You can relate it to anything, whether it's your philosophy with your career or in a personal relationship or with a friendship or whatever. Things happen, that are out of your control, and that's kind of life. You know, you hit these grenades every now and then. And it's not that you go, oh, okay, I was thinking the wrong thing, now I'll just think the opposite.
1: It's the reaction that matters.
0: Yeah, and you don't know how to react you know you just kind of go like i literally have to recalibrate and i think that's his face at the end it's it's his whole mind just recalibrating trying to like now compute this experience with all, all his other experiences that is a part of
1: what yeah exactly whatever reality he experienced up to that moment it's different it's different now yeah. cuz you know someone like that exists
0: yeah yeah his world just got expanded yeah and when your world gets expanded your life philosophy or whatever you have can never stay the same. No, in any situation. This is a very extreme situation, but I think that's kind of how it relates back to life. But I want to talk more about the the great pain thing, the art thing, because I think that that is central to the show, and that might be why both of us responded to the episode the way we did.
1: Well, I also think it's interesting going back to Darius being the character. Uh, for this Perfect episode for it. because he is kind of in between Urn, who who's played by donald glover in the show mm-hmm. and Paperboy, who's played by what's what's the actor's name that was in joker oh it's tyree uh,
0: something i think it's like something here let me look it up yeah because i don't want to disrespect him he was in fucking joker he was just in uh the child's play remake i think
1: yeah he's been in a lot of shit let me look him up but basically uh Earn and Paperboy, the characters, Darius is like a foil for them Um, and their cousins on the show, which is also interesting family relation wise into Benny and
0: Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Yeah. Very good actor. Yeah. Great actor.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, because Earn is very always concerned with money.
0: Yeah, he's very uh, anxious. Yeah. Very anxious guy.
1: And Paperboy, of course, is trying to have a rap career, become a star, all of that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So there's like uh, the tension between those two kind of mirrors the tension between uh, what I imagine. We don't know what the relationship really is between Benny and Teddy, but I'm guessing it's not good.
0: Okay, so this is something that I thought of when you were talking about Benny and Teddy. Are they really brothers? Interesting. I don't know. Because when he mentions success and music and this history, he's never in it. Only Benny is. Well, it,
1: I read some theories online that Teddy might actually be his father. Whoa. Which Fuck. explains why he really talked about how great his father was and how Whoa. that's his favorite room in the museum. Shit like that. You know what I mean? And Benny's success was his success. The success he never had. Whether or not it was his father or his brother. I just thought that was kind of interesting Wow, I didn't too. even
0: think of that. And I guess that would explain the plastic surgery and stuff. Because really, Teddy could be any age.
1: Teddy, the, and that's one of the things that Hero talked about is he said... You don't really know what age he is. He just seems like this timeless being that's, that's been okay. That could be, have been here for any amount of time, like a demon.
0: I like that. I was going to bring up a theory that like, maybe Teddy was just his caretaker who got like obsessed and, but that didn't explain like why he looked the way he looked. The dad thing. Wow, dude, that like just took my brain out of its head and gave it a blowjob. That feels amazing. I thought it
1: made more sense than them being brothers. That's
0: incredible. But
1: why would Teddy not say that they were uh, father and son? Why wouldn't he say it's his son?
0: Well, I think that makes sense because even though he's talking about what a great father is, he's talking about it in the third person. So I think if he is his father, seeing his son go from this great man to a man who's deteriorating, he can say this stuff about being a great father. But clearly, he, there are doubts, you know what I mean? And that may be why he is at the point where he's like, murder, suicide, you know yeah. what I mean?
1: Which is, um, well, I remember what I was going to say earlier now, is Teddy uh, tells Darius when they're up in the room when he pulls the gun on him that he's like, we're going to make this look like a home invasion. And that's mm. with the whole point of the, like, you're my sacrifice is what he's yeah. saying. Sacrifice? Why sacrifice for what? We don't know.
0: Oh yeah, so I guess I said murder suicide, but I guess that's not Teddy's plan.
1: I don't think that was Teddy's plan. I think Teddy's plan was
0: to fuck me up to
1: kill to kill Benny, right? Make it look like Darius did it for him to kill for Teddy to kill Darius, and then maybe have like a. Resurgence, oh, okay. Because and that would stars be always right. come back twice as hard. After Damn, they die.
0: dude! Why did you not tell me this earlier? That fucks me up. Yeah, I, I thought that
1: was an interesting theory.
0: That now all of a sudden my brain is just spinning. Like I, that's that's a great theory. Actually, I think I'm I'm with it. I'm with that theory. This is like when you hear a conspiracy theory that you don't want to think about too much. It just makes sense, and you're like, I'm with it.
1: Well, that's what's so great about the show in general, is there's a lot of ambiguous stuff in it. Yeah. It doesn't really spell it out
0: for you. And go ahead.
1: I'm it sorry. makes it makes you have to draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Which is what great art should do.
0: And I was going to say, that's, that's one of the things that makes uh, this piece of writing, this piece of acting and direction and everything stand out is, um, like you said, the best art is ambiguous. But I think the best art too is it's ambiguous while also being very sure of itself. Yeah. You know, and the best comparison I have is to a Childish Gambino song. Childish Gambino being Don Glover, of course. Yes. Uh, is it called This Is America?
1: This Is America.
0: This Is America is, to me, the perfect comparison for this episode because This Is America is a song that, again, is very sure of itself. Yeah. And yet, totally ambiguous. Yeah. You talk to 10 different people, they can have 10 different theories about what it's Especially with the video. Especially with the video. But even the lyrics, because I've tried, when that first came out, I tried kind of breaking down the lyrics, and I I couldn't. And I think it's the same with this episode. You know it's very sure of itself, but it's not driving an agenda or a point. It really is just telling its story through these characters. And if you only tell a story through characters, it's always going to be ambiguous. Yeah you know, and, uh, I, I thought that's what was great about this. So I, I want to get back to the, the great pain, great art thing though. Okay. I want to hear what your these, cause a lot of these philosophical conversations happen during this episode. And actually now that you said that theory about him being the dad, now those take on a whole new weight.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, like, and the evidence I think surrounding that is a, how lovingly he talks about.
0: Cause it's to father, a father to an extreme degree,
1: to an extreme degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and also when he goes, when they go into that room the, that Teddy says is his favorite room in the house, mm-hmm. and it's a, a suit of his father's on a mannequin. Yeah. And that's when he talks about Joe Jackson, Marvin Gaye Sr., Emilio Estevez's dad in Breakfast yeah. Club.
0: Which I, I love that he, he doesn't even say his dad. He just says the dad who drops him off. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the only scene he has. He has the scene where he drops him off and picks him up. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Because again, um, when he talks about Benny's success, he's never in it. So it's not like they were a duo. I got that from rewatching it. Because when I watched it the first time, I kind of assumed they must have been some kind of duo. Rewatching it, I was like, no. No. Benny's no. success in Teddy's eyes is also Teddy's success. But he's yeah. jealous of
1: it. Like, yeah. He's very clearly jealous of Benny and resents him.
0: Yeah. So. I want to get your take on your personal take on these debates about great art equals great pain.
1: Um, I think it can be true. I don't always think that it is true though. I think yeah,
0: it's not a universal truth. Yeah.
1: But, but, um, great art can come from great pain.
0: And I would argue that, this is whether you agree with it or not. I, I don't agree that great art always comes from great pain, but there is no arguing that much of the art we respect and inspires us does come from great pain. So there's no arguing that great pain doesn't inspire great art.
1: I would agree with that, um,
0: or great things in general. But like he says. Uh,
1: if you look at what Darius was saying about Stevie Wonder,
0: yeah. The opposite can be true.
1: The opposite can be true.
0: The opposite can be true. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not saying this because I, I fall on any any one side. Because I, I don't think it's something anyone has an answer to. And if you look at artists who do find a certain amount of success, I think that's something they struggle with. Which is, if you, I'll say this. Okay, let me recalibrate. I'll say this: if your art originally comes from great pain. That's when it will forever be a struggle of whether you need to continue having pain to be an artist.
1: That's a good point because there's a lot of people who would, um, who would argue that only, only great art comes from great pain, which is what Teddy believes. Yes. Which is not what Darius believed. No. Because um, just being a musician, of course, you look back throughout all of music history— at any of the greats again to bring on michael jackson i mean he was a star from the time that he was what like five years old or something crazy mm-hmm. like that
0: yeah i think so and
1: there and there was like rumors of his dad basically pimping him out to all the record labels mm-hmm. in hollywood
0: Just and having him and
1: yeah and having like the record execs fuck him stuff like that
0: oh fuck, dude. it's dark bro it's very dark
1: um and then, like, who are some other great artists that, that we respect and appreciate? Who? Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe Quentin Tarantino, for
0: instance. Who have great pain in their Great past. pain, yeah. Quentin Tarantino's a perfect example. Yeah. He had a father who abandoned him. Yeah,
1: he had a very uh,
0: traumatic childhood. Father who abandoned him and now basically criticizes him all the time without talking to him. I didn't know I mean, that. Yeah, you didn't know that? Quentin His Tar- dad talks to shit about him? So Quentin Tarantino's dad uh, basically makes rip-off Quentin Tarantino movies.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: if you look him up, I can't remember the titles, but he'll make movies that basically rip off the titles of his son's movies. And like when Quentin came out and he was saying some stuff that was critical of cops a few years ago when I can't remember the shooting he was talking about. It may have been Trayvon Martin or or something else. But his dad came out and talked a bunch of shit about him in interviews. And uh, this is a guy who abandoned him. I mean, so it's like whether he's right or wrong. It's like, that's, I can't even imagine that pain. Like your dad abandons you. And then when you find success, he mimics you, he mimics you and openly criticizes you. I can't even imagine. I can't even wrap my head around that, but you can throw a rock and hit an artist who's born from great pain. I mean, I've, I've been reading a a biography about uh, Mickey Rourke. That's a guy who comes from other level pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's why I say like great pain, 100% can inspire uh, great art but you could equally say great pain can also inspire horrible things Yeah. so it's really a roll of the dice and but I will say you can't deny it does create great art but I think I think the truth is because the debate you'll never have an answer to it but the, the thing that I think can't be denied is if you are an artist who your art originates from a place of great pain it'll be a struggle your entire life because you'll always wonder whether you need that pain to continue being an artist because that's what made you who you are.
1: Does it have to be a struggle though?
0: Well, I think, yes, I would argue, yes, it's always going to be a struggle. I think you can overcome that struggle. I mean, Darius mentions I would, I would
1: agree with that. I think you can overcome the struggle if, if you so choose to.
0: Yeah. Cause Darius mentions, and I, I don't know if I'd call Darius an artist. I'd call him something like a Renaissance man. Yeah. But, uh, Darius mentions, you know, he had father problems and he has kind of done that full circle where now he's talking about, you know what, art can come from love. But I think that's very rare. I think when you look at a lot of artists, the reason that when they hit a certain level of success, the reason they struggle is because of that central argument at the the, the center of this episode. The human condition. Mm-hmm. So when they're having that argument... You know, back and forth and Teddy saying one thing and Darius saying another thing. That's an argument that I think is – or a debate that's central to just art in general. You know, I don't think there's any answers. I mean, you know, and and Atlanta is smart enough not to draw any answers. But I think it's a a debate that's worth highlighting for artists because I think if artists don't think about that, they run the chance of becoming (laughs) – Teddy Perkins. Yeah, you know? absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, living in Nashville, I will say that th- there's like a spectrum of like mental illness in in some musicians where it's like there's just which people can, who are completely which is the same thing for all of humanity.
0: N-E-R. Well, you, all of humanity. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right.
1: But you you really I really like gotten up close and personal with it just seeing people go crazy over whether or not they're going to have a career and uh thinking about another something
0: that will make you crazy
1: (laughs) another movie that we love yeah joker which brian tyree henry is in yes um he's a a uh stand-up comedian
0: a joker is joker is joaquin phoenix
1: in the movie his character arthur fleck Mm -hmm. is a stand-up comedian
0: and yeah, I don't know if we should talk about Joker, because I'll just talk about how much yeah, I identify no, no, no. with it. But no, no, no. Um, you're right. and But again, that's why the episode's so great. And I, 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 I think re-watching it, I guess you could really argue about a bunch of different themes, but that to me is the central theme, is about art and creation and artists. And I think that's why the character is so at least in an external way modeled after Michael Jackson. Yeah. Because if you want to talk about an artist who is the prime fucking example of what we're talking about, it is Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I think that to me is kind of the, the central debate. And not a lot of shit tackles that, man. No. Because that's, that's something that the average person doesn't really think about. The average person probably just goes like, well, yeah, artists, they're kind of crazy. crazy, you know, which they are, but there's a reason. This show kind of, the writing really delves into it in a really, really smart way. I
1: what think. do you think Donald Glover thinks?
0: I think I think Donald Glover is versatile enough and talented enough and productive enough that he probably thinks a mix of what we're both saying. I think he can... Based on this show, he can acknowledge that great pain can create great art, but I think he is he's probably reached the point where he is Darius, where he says, but you know what? Fuck that, because love can create it too.
1: He's a true know? renaissance man.
0: You know, because I think tortured artists who kind of struggle in between, you can kind of tell who they are. I mean, when we mentioned Mickey Rourke, I think that guy struggled for mm-hmm. decades. Trent Reznor? Question. Trent Reznor is a perfect example, but all of them, if they, if they stick it in there, they seem to reach a point where they're no longer Teddy or Benny, but they're Darius. Yeah. Where they say they
1: tackle, they tackle their demons and learn how to wrestle with them.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's the,
1: can we talk about how great uh, Donald Glover is in this episode?
0: uh, Donald Glover is almost so talented. He pisses me off. Yeah. I'm almost to the point where I'm going to start. hating. He
1: truly is a Renaissance man
0: he is i mean fuck stand up comedy act he can write act sing, direct rap yep yeah. yeah. he's uh yeah he's phenomenal in this i
1: mean i didn't know it was it was him until after um after i watched the episode
0: i think it's impossible to know it's him unless you are told that or look it up or find out in some way
1: another thing that the director for this episode said yeah. in that interview he was uh saying that no one on set knew it was donald either wait what he said nobody knew he was just in character the old the whole time i don't know if darius knew okay that was my main question who plays darius he might have known but
0: because the way they interacted was very genuine you know what i mean and i almost thought at points i was like man this is weird because this is his friend donald glover like but he looks terrified yeah can you imagine if they didn't tell him it was donald glover yeah and he might be like here and there, like, is that Donald? Yeah. Where's Donald? <laughs> like.
1: <laughs> well, this makes me excited to see what whatever Donald Glover continues to do, because like yeah. I I hope he does like some kind of horror
0: movie. Oh you yeah. You could do a
1: spinoff horror yeah, yeah, full yeah. release of just Teddy Perkins. Yeah,
0: you could do a feature like
1: Teddy. Because Perkins. that was the last day of Teddy Perkins' life that we saw. Who knows yeah. what the rest, the rest of, of, of it was?
0: Life, yeah. Yeah, Donald Glover definitely. I guess that's the, the main message is after this episode, he deserves a fucking horror movie. That Blumhouse, uh, give him fucking $10 million. Let him do whatever he wants.
1: That episode, I think, was nominated for like a Golden Globe or an Emmy or something mm-hmm. like that.
0: I mean, it should be. I think, isn't that the real dream? To just reach a point where you can make something as weird... That's fuck you and are. ...and surreal as Teddy Perkins, and somebody pays for it. Yeah. A fucking studio said... Yeah, I guess like you've done all right so far. Yeah. Like, go ahead, because <laughs> that's definitely not something anyone would ever just willingly pay for. You prove yourself first. So Donald Glover's reached that point, man. He's making "Fuck You Art," and if that's one thing we're celebrating, it's "Fuck You Art." You know.
1: Interesting sidebar about this episode that I found out. Yeah. So after Darius leaves the hardware store and is driving mm-hmm. the U-Haul truck, mm-hmm. a Stevie Wonder is a song is playing. Yep, it's called. Um, Sweet Little Girl or something like that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and the episode ends with Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover had to personally call Stevie Wonder to ask him because he originally really? rejected it Rejected it when he found out the episode had violence in it.
0: Oh, wow. And so he had to sell him on it. He
1: had to sell him on it. Like,
0: here's what Stevie it's Stevie Wonder said
1: yes. Um, and if you'll notice, the music didn't start playing for the end of the episode until after Teddy was dead on the on the floor yeah yeah I mean it, di- every, it didn't there, yeah. it didn't soundtrack no the way it wouldn't a Tarantino movie for it instance. basically
0: it literally opens and closes the show yeah it doesn't play over any scene where like people are talking or anything wow so I wonder I would fucking pay a lot of money to hear that conversation between yeah. Donald Glover and Stevie Wonder because
1: imagine trying to sell that
0: well you know what he probably talked about a lot of the things we talked about, which is the art thing. Great pain. Mm-hmm. and I, I mean, because they do talk about
1: Stevie by name.
0: Yeah, that had to be something he talked about because yeah. any artist, whether you're successful or not successful, if you have any self-awareness or you've done any self-reflection, I think is going to tap into that that central theme. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll leave it there. Man of science, man of faith, man of faith. I'm Zachary Lehman.
1: I'm Taylor Berryman. Uh, Subscribe to this show on whatever you're listening to it on. Yes. Um, Follow us on Instagram. I don't know what the Instagram is going to be yet because we haven't made it yet. Um, We'll have all that shit posted. We'll have all that shit by the time this comes out. But uh, tell a friend, um, let them know that we're doing this show. And uh, yeah, if if you can, give it five stars and just uh, share it.
0: And if you ever need a piano, but you show up and it's a weird looking guy who looks like he's bleached his skin for the last 30 years and he's eating an ostrich egg, just fucking leave. leave. It's never going to be worth it. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.